from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Yay! Hey there, it's Pete, and it's episode 144. 144? 144. Oh my god. And it's a very sad day for us today here at Masonic Lake Podcast. Yes. Our, our brother Larry could not be here tonight. He is, um, I think he took a hockey puck to the mouth. <laughs> now, La- Larry's had some very bad dental issues the past month or so. I'm sure he'll be happy that we're talking about it <laughs> right on the air. <laughs> no, it's not a HIPAA violation because he told us. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, but- be- best, of, best of luck to you, Larry, on your d- gruel and your... Slurpees and whatever else you're going to drink for the next month. We Fro- knew we were in trouble when he said he couldn't pronounce any word that had an R or a T in it. I thought it was an F. Was it F? Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah it was an F. It's mostly Fs. Fs and Ts. So we're going to have a great show tonight. We have um, our special <laughs> guest hailing from Colorado, Brother Zach Smith, who uh, a couple, you know, during the summer we sent up a hailing sign. <laughs> Basically, or, or saying, was it words of distress? I don't know. We basically like we've been too fat and lazy to like solicit guests. So if you think you have something interesting to talk about, contact us. And that is an ongoing plead plea for our <laughs> absolutely. And we've gotten we've a couple got, of responses. And we we have always said that the 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 whole shtick of this show is just Masons talking to other Masons who may have a cool job or a cool story or whatever. So. Absolutely. If you're out there and you think you have a fun story, I mean, Zach sent an email to us and I was like, oh my God, we have to have this guy on the show. Right. And, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, and he's had us cracking up in the pregame. So, right. uh, yeah. so Zach, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Great. So what we, uh, if you've listened to us before, we just go around and we ramble about things that we've done that nobody really cares about. But we've been doing it for a couple of years. We're going to keep doing it. This is the part where when you're driving in the car, you reach the 30-second forward button. Hit it about five <laughs> times. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start since I seem to have done – well, no, Josh, Josh usually does the least. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been uh, – uh, for two months, I've been having my doctors doing the Spider-Man meme, pointing at each other <laughs> of what's wrong with me. Um, making up all kinds of crazy diagnoses. And then my family doctor basically just says, they're all crazy. You've had pneumonia for two months and everybody just missed it. So I'm slowly on the mend now, uh, thanks to 750 milligrams daily of navafloxacin, um, whatever that is. Um, The only thing I've done masonically, we had an executive board meeting for Tall Cedars um, where we conned Larry into repeating his grand tall cedar again next year. Oh, wow. Sucker. Um, That's a statement of the... And our tall cedars, you know, for a lot of years, the older members were satisfied 
with going to dinner with her friends and weren't bringing a lot of new guys in. And then about 12 years ago, Ubar Grotto started up and kind of got the younger, rowdier crowd. And just nobody was joining Cedars for good reasons or bad reasons. But so here we are, 2022. And I'm like, we need to decide whether we're going to walk this horse behind the shed <laughs> or we're going to like walk this horse across the river and merge with another, another uh, group. Signs and symbols. Oh, and um, no, but we decided we're going to keep going forward. And um, the money in the bank is for a rainy day. It's raining. And it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to have a heck of a good time the next couple of years trying to get this back going. And if we don't, thank you, brothers, from the 1920s to the 2020s for your investments. That's what my fa- financial planner said. Die broke. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what have you been doing for the good of Freemasonry, this podcast in particular? Uh, just working on the podcast. <laughs> Attaboy. Excuse me. Uh, and ditching Lodge meeting for work. Oh. How's that uh, D-Malay episode coming? I don't know. I've never gotten any of the files for it. Yes, no! You oh, yeah, you oh. did. Oh. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Timmy, don't, don't, don't go try okay. and uh, bust him on yeah. that one. Uh, <laughs> how about you tell us why right now? Zach, what have you been up to masonically for the past couple of weeks? Uh, masonically, I have been going to my own lodge, which is Manitou Lodge number 68 in, Col- in Colorado Springs. And I go to Scottish Rite, and I went to a shrine cigar and or steak and cigar night which was a lot of fun and uh we are yeah just going to lodge hanging out and i I didn't know they had manatees uh, in colorado did they they manitou manitou oh oh sorry yeah and uh on a sad note today i went to a a funeral of one of my uh brother's sons which was really awful oh so that so this is Going from a you know low to a high, I get to hang out with you guys. So I'm I'm excited. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> so, uh, Timmy, what have you been up to? Well, I mean, actually, September uh, means Freemasonry is back on in Pennsylvania. Timmy has post-it notes. So, yeah, well, kind of, <laughs> sort of. They don't, they don't post. They just, it's a flip book. It's a flip. It's book. a flip book. Um, Recently participated uh, in the Valley of Harrisburg Chicken Barbecue, which was fantastic. Nice. Um, actually, I have to give kudos to the Commander-in-Chief's uh, Motorcycle Club, who did the actual cooking of the chicken. Usually, my experience has been the chicken is very dry, and you know, you're making whatever money you make on it. This right. was fantastic. Um, did a pr- ended up doing a presentation at the Past Masters Club of Zimbo Shrine. Uh, talked about the podcast and to what nine people? No, actually, there were almost. I think there were nineteen. That's good. So that wasn't bad. Um, Saint John's Royal Arch Chapter in Carlisle um, invited me to attend their meeting. I think it was because they had some open chairs they needed filled. <laughs> but um, in any case, know anybody? Yeah, right. Uh, Capital Area Scottish Rite Club. Um, Eureka West Shore Lodge 302 had their stated and extra meetings. Damn. Uh, we conferred a couple of degrees, which was awesome. Um, I was actually initiated as a social member into the Sojourners in Harrisburg, hmm. uh, which is really cool. Uh, if you get a chance to go visit one of their meetings, you should. Some great guys. We heard, we heard, uh, a, a is that the military organization? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. When that started, 
it used to be for military officers. Right. Then they changed it to military and enlisted. And enlisted. Uh-huh. Later, I got invited because it was military enlisted police ambulance first responders. Right. Now they're taking retired educators. Yeah, well, social. It's the social <laughs> category. So they're allowed to have a percentage of their membership be social members. And so they had an opening in their social category and said, hey, how would you like to be a sojourner? There you go. I'm in. Uh, And then lastly, most recently participated in the Harrisburg Lodge of Perfection line where I am the orator this year. Ah. Let that obvious joke go. Mm Mm-hmm. Jacqueline, what are you up to? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I've actually started off the month strong. We had, uh, well, first I went down to Amicable St. John's Lodge number 25 of Cockeysville, Maryland, and uh, uh, sat with them for a second degree, um, which in Maryland is very different from our Pennsylvania second degree, so it's always fun to see um, some of the cool stuff that they have in theirs. That I can slop over into my St. John's thing. So basically, for for uh, for for Zach, our Maryland does it the same way you guys do it. Pennsylvania <laughs> just does ignores the whole stair lecture. Right. You have the whole oh Web Preston ritual work. There's some derivative of the Web Preston work. There must have we been a grandmaster of Pennsylvania that fell down some stairs. We have the no, old ancient back, work. Goes that, back to the old ancient. Uh-huh. So so our work is very different from everybody else's work, um, but. The other work is close enough that we can go see it if we really want to see it. And I've always enjoyed that that section of the work. And uh, we have some good friends down there that we've made over the years masonically. So went down for that. Um, and uh, we had, um, what do we have, a Beersheba Grotto meeting. Um, that's for Chester County. Um, Grotto meets on second Sundays at the Waynesbrook. Anybody interested, uh, knock yourselves out. Um, and then we had stated meeting last night, Tuesday, and um, we did something a little bit different. Um, we actually conferred a third degree as part of our meeting. And now, I don't know, Zach, out your way, if, if having degree work on a stated meeting night is a common thing or not. But here in Pennsylvania, it, we call extra meetings where we do the degree work. So in Colorado, it is very common to have degree work on stated meetings. Yeah. In California, we always call a special meeting for right. to confer a degree. Right. So this was a this was a little different for Pennsylvania. Um, I think attendance was low, based on just general attendance, you know, levels that we had the first half of the year. Um, because I think nobody wants to sit through the degrees, and I'm like, hey, guys, what? 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 It's like we, the best part. We had a thirty. Honestly, we had a thirty-five minute business meeting, open, long way, ballot box, the whole nine mm-hmm. yards. Pledge of Allegiance, national anthem, you know, prayers, songs, lights, flamethrowers, the whole deal. And we were still. We started the second degree at eight o'clock, one hour in. Final. The guy knocks on the doors. Right. So we were out by nine, a little after nine. And and everybody's like, oh, I can't do a state meeting. <laughs> so anyway, it was great. the The guys did great. The I, I always like it when uh, when the guy's ritual is sharp. And uh, our district deputy was here, so he was um, he's always excited to see the work done well. So um, so that's it. Tomorrow I'm going to speak at. Well, I guess I'll talk about that later. But tomorrow I'm going to speak at Teutonia Lodge. 
You know, speaking about Maryland, you know the, the the top ten states that really are in love with their flag. There's a lot going on on that flag. It's mm-hmm. it's Texas and Maryland, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else really cares about their <laughs> damn that, state flag. It doesn't really come through. That's true. But Maryland's flag is the only flag that's a coat of arms. Ah. Yes, it is a proper heraldic flag. See, there we go. I got backup. Look at that. That guy Harold is here again. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we are going to come back, and we are going to interview the most interesting guests <laughs> on our Zoom right now. No, no, oh, like ser- <laughs> no, seriously. Like I read his uh, brief little resume, and it's it's right up my alley. It's like car dealer. The only thing not on here is safe cracker, and I'm pretty sure if we ask car dealer, crap, uh, crap stealer. I don't, I, I don't have the hands for safe cracking. Did I mention that I also do medieval recreation for a oh, hobby? No, but of course you do. Search and rescue. Yeah. Don't spoil oh. it. <laughs> I've done a lot of stuff, man. Okay, thanks for being here, Zach. It was a great so, so show. And Zach, Zach, Zach can't hold a job. Zach can't hold a job. Let's what? just shh. <laughs> we'll be right back. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. Uh, we're back with Brother Zach from Colorado, um, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of we we threw out like we said in the uh, like Pete said in the opening, you know we we throw out that um, you know we're looking for people to chat with because that's really what the show is. We're not we're not your source for all sorts of esoteric information, but but we're just you know uh, five fat guys sitting around talking about masonry. So um, if if you have an interesting story or an interesting job or an interesting career or interesting Masonic history or whatever, even if you're just marginally interesting, <laughs> drop, drop us a line and uh, and let us know and we'll check you out. And but uh, but Zach sent Zach, Zach blew our mind with, with with the wide variety wide birth. <laughs> It was like, okay, where is this going from here? I'm going to read this. Do you mind if yeah, I read this? We were like, actually considering a multi-episode. I, I heard I heard <laughs> your summer episode, and you guys mentioned that you're looking for people to come on the show. Uh, I'm a Jewish master mason, Scottish rite mason, and a shriner. I worked in casinos. I'm a crap stealer for six years. Sold cars for 10 years. I have a commercial and Navy sailor, and I'm working with a friend to resurrect the Order of the Judas... Uh, Maccabees, a very uh, early stages of that. I live in Colorado, and I'm a member of a lodge here, Manitou Lodge Number 68, as he said earlier, and I'm a member of a lodge in California, La Mesa 407. And if that information is interesting, I'd love to come on the show. And we found it interesting. (laughs) And we were like, hell yeah, let's have him on, because that's way more interesting than most of the people we've had on the show. (laughs) 
So um, like, I don't so, have any huge Masonic, you know, accomplishments. I'm uh, the highest chair I've ever sat in is the one I'm in now. I'm a senior steward. Hey, so, you're in a right. chair. That's I clean the true. glasses. <laughs> That's all right. Steward is an important part of the Fellowship of the mm-hmm. Lodge. But it's um, I clean the glasses because so, we had Manitou Lodge glasses made. And uh, no one washed them, so everybody we had these sitting in the middle of our little smoking study, and nobody used them because nobody washed them. And we were drinking out of plastic, and I was like, "Well, that's stupid. I'm a steward. I'll I'll do the dishes." And I came, you know, I did it before lodge started, and said, "Oh, the the, the glasses are clean. We can use them." And they're like, "Oh my god, no one's ever done that before." See, like, that's how you get okay. your that's how you get your MSA. Be the change. <laughs> Be the change. That's what we've been saying all along. Awesome. Um, so I like the I like I think you said you had a smoking thing room and lounge, so pot. our lodge building we uh, <laughs> our original lodge building was in Manitou Springs, uh, Colorado, which is an enclave in Colorado Springs. The basement flooded for like the fifth time, and they said, "Well, we're we're done with that." So they bought an old church in like downtown Colorado Springs, and in the attic belfry whatever there are two studies we have a smoking study and a non-smoking study and the smoking studies where everybody actually sits and there's a bookcase full of liquor and that's our uh, our fellowship after after lodge closes and we are well known in colorado springs for our fellowship because we sit and bs till everybody wants to go home oh, so fantastic fantastic so what brought you to freemasonry uh well that that's an interesting story my grandfather was orphaned at age three and uh, his father was a Mason. His grandfather was a Mason. So he was raised in the Masonic Orphanage in San Antonio, Texas, hmm. with his 10 brothers and sisters. Holy heck. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was the youngest at three when he was orphaned. And so he... I think um, I've heard this podcast. Married, There's the Wild West podcast a, uh, thing. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. He, he married a, a Job's daughter who her father was a big deal in Masonry in Oakland. And my grandfather actually got to Fellowcraft, but never, never Master Mason. But I heard about the Masons my entire life. And one day I was at a medieval event and a guy was wearing a square and compass around his neck. And I was like, how do you how do you join that? And he goes like that. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. <laughs> so he became my top line signer. I joined in 2008. So I was probably 23, 22. And uh, oh, wow. okay. I've right. really been enjoying it ever since. I've, I've got it tattooed on my shoulder blade and you know i'm i'm in for life very nice so you're so you're you're steward now but are you in a progressive line are you going to work your way through or well i mean if the next master will have me as a junior deacon i'd be happy to serve but i don't know i'd I'd like to be master one day it'd be cool well it's a choice so tell us about uh casino work i'm curious because they're building (laughs) casinos like mushrooms around here right now okay so what uh yeah what what was that all about funniest story when when i got out of the navy uh i told myself i'm either gonna be a a blackjack dealer or a bartender and i have no idea why those were the two options i presented myself but i decided i hated cleaning so i became a blackjack dealer went to blackjack school got hired right out of school. I mean, well, you go to school for like six months and then you go to an audition and I got hired my first one. Thank six God. months to learn how to mm-hmm. throw to deal blackjack. Really? Well, you deal, do you deal blackjack and then you deal 14 other games. So all the little oh, okay. carnival games, three card poker, four card poker, Mississippi style, all that got stuff. It. 
let it ride, or as we like to call it, let it die. Um, you have to learn all that stuff, and then you go audition at a casino, and then they put you through another like three or four weeks of school at the casino, and then you go out on the floor. Well, they just opened um, a casino near here, and I think the the interview was, "Do you have a pulse?" And that, yeah, I mean, it's a different year. At, yeah, at school, they if you can fog a mirror, they'll take you at the school. Right, but getting you know. <sighs> Getting a job at the casino is actually a lot as a dealer is a lot harder than it sounds. You have to audition and you really have to know your stuff or at least know how to protect your game. Because right before I got hired at my casino, a guy, a player with a motorcycle helmet on, reached into a rack and grabbed two stacks of $500 checks and ran out the door. So they were very specific with us about game security because that money in front of you is, is, you know, it's real. You're responsible for it. And mind you, I worked at a tribal casino and as we were told agents of the tribe were at the guy's house before he got home. Wow. They, they knew who he was. I mean, he had his players card in like three tables down. He was, (laughs) (laughs) wasn't the brightest, not the smartest idea. Crime of passion. Okay. Yeah. But a, a dealer like turned to sneeze, and he reached in the rack and, and ran. Wow! So you have to be very, very uh, protective of your game. Like you can't look off your game, you can't turn your head, and you also have to not necessarily entertain, but you have to keep everybody engaged and mm-hmm. sell the next hand. And I I dealt blackjack for about two years before I went to crap school. And I fell in love with that game. Crap I, school. Crap school. I'm sorry, we don't call was, it craps. We it call it dice. Me funny. Okay. Dice. Never mind. Yeah. We call it dice. Um, I'm still only I love, eight years old. I love dealing dice. It is the the hardest game, both mathematically and the customers are by far the worst. Like they're so mean. Um, See, in, the, in this area, di- you, dice is what is like in the street. Yeah. In, street in between two buildings, and if you win or lose, you're probably going to get stabbed. Yeah, and there's sharks yeah, and jets. I, it's terrible. You always you want to know how you can tell someone plays street dice is they snap when they they throw the <laughs> dice and then snap. That's that's street dice. Nice. Um, and you'll see it every casino you ever go to. If you Good look, you know. stand at the crap table, you'll see him snap, and you're like, oh, he learned street dice. Uh, yeah, but no. Once I got on that game, it it gets in your blood. Like I would. I, you know, I have a wonderful job. I make good money. I would still go and deal a party if somebody asked me to, like stand on a on a dice game at a just like a casino night. Okay, party. well, our I annual uh, our annual banquet is in October, so we'll have you in. <laughs> Fly me out there. We'll I'll, I'll sit there and sing on stick. I can do that. Are those jobs? I mean, anywhere near a career job for anybody, or is it all kind a of a lot like, of people? Really? I mean, I know guys that dealt for twenty five years, thirty years. You make I mean, a living they, at that, really? When I started, it was $75,000 a year. I mean, it's you work for tips, but if you're good at your job, you get tipped. Okay. And also, we pooled our tips, so that, that helped a lot. I'm wondering, what's but, the Colorado money compared to Pennsylvania? But probably a little higher cost of living. What year so was the exchange rate? This was God, 12, 13 years ago. It, I remember when uh, 2008 happened, yeah, so we took a, a, buck a hell of a now, day. Yeah. Yeah, you probably make, I mean, if you're good, you, make, you can make a buck 20. Um, and it, you have never done. Why am I killing less. myself? God yeah, right. damn it! Well, let me tell you, you have never done less <laughs> for that much money. Like you're not digging ditches. You're not. You're standing oh, on a game. Mon frere. I'm a sales guy. And, I get it. Well, I'm a sales guy too. I understand. <laughs> but like, it's it's a fun. It can be a really fun job if you 
enjoy it and if you don't mind getting screamed at by people who hate you for stuff that's not your fault i have a a problem there if you were like past the casino test by like one point do you get assigned just to the big wheel (laughs) oh no that's if you piss off your pencil um so the way it works is you have a table rotation so you'll have three tables that you go to and then you have a break so it'll be half an hour on each table and then a half hour break so it's pretty great but the person who assigns the table rotations, they call the pencil. I don't know why they call them that, but that's what they're called. And if you piss off your pencil, you're going to be seeing a lot of like big six wheel or let it ride or Mississippi stud or whatever horrible carnival game. You, you'll see a lot of that. Like you have to. So as a, really as a, ga- as a gambler, as a gambler, stay away from the ones you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want free drinks, let it ride is fine because it takes forever for you to lose your money, which is why we all hate it. Um, it just, it stays up, it stays open forever. And as a dealer, there is zero like emotional buy-in. There's zero, like, you don't have to think about anything. You're just, you're, you know. So as a good dealer, I, I never really thought about this, but as a good dealer, you're really sort of a conductor of the table, right? That's the idea. You're just, uh, you're, you're an entertainer. You're. You and you want the customers to win. That is something that most people get wrong. Every dealer wants their table to to win, unless it's like three in the morning and you want to close the table so you can go home. But every because players don't tip when they lose. Ah, <laughs> and we work for tips. And if they do, it's so, usually like you're at the hundred dollar blackjack table and they try to put the twenty five dollar chip down. Oh yeah, and you say no, so they throw it at you. No, it's if they lose, they throw a dollar at your head and try real hard to hit you. Um, I mean, we had like casinos are their own universe. I remember watching someone too. I was standing on a, a dead table, so no one was playing, but they could if they wanted. And two slot banks over from where I was standing, somebody died on on a machine. Like, honest to God, like, keeled over, dead on the machine. And do they and still some, have their hand on the one next to it, being an asshole? Game. No, the person next to him reached over and started playing their credits. Oh, like, wow. Uh, <laughs> guy's like, oh, he's dead. He doesn't need that anymore. Cash him out. Uh, I'll take his money. That's, uh, dude, uh, you know, we had people spit at you. We had a dude pee under the table once, like in anger. Um, I've been like cursed at dog. in every language I've ever heard of. <laughs> We used to every now and then we would get together and whoever could come up with the coolest language that they got cursed out in that week, we would buy them lunch. Oh my god! I won once with Belgian French. I'm like, Ooh, Belgian French. That's this pretty is, good. This is like being a like a referee or an umpire. You know? So, just, <clears throat> is, is it true yeah. that if a player went starts winning too much too often that they'll swap out dealers? Well, they swap dealers every half an hour, so, so I mean that just, just a- happens. Usually, they'll just wait. I've I remember one of our assistant pit managers was standing downstairs and they had a, a Baccarat game, like a big bock game, because there's big bock and small bock. Small bock is on one table, big baccarat is uh two it there's three dealers on the game, it's a very large game. And they wear tuxedos and it's very fancy. Um and there was a big bock game running, and I remember he said, The table is down seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and we would like some of it back. We're like Okay, dude. Like, I just pull the next card, man. <laughs> so <laughs> they they try and press you, or like when I was having a when I was angry, they'd be like, "Okay, what what table do you want to close?" 
And I'm like, yeah, put me on a blackjack table. I'll, I'll close it. And I'd go out there and just deal as fast as humanly possible. I was getting a hand like every 30 seconds, which is pretty damn fast. And because as time increases, chances of survival drop to zero because the, the house has an edge. So the faster and the more games you make them play in a short amount of time, the more likely they are to lose. And customers want you to deal slowly, generally, because they can sit there longer and drink. Um, and I went. I had nights where I would lock down five or six tables, and so people the closer, could go home. The closer, the closer. I, yeah, the closer, the cooler. <laughs> yeah, He's like our cooler. Josh. <laughs> Josh closes down lodges like he closed down tables. <laughs> I mean, that's all. That's probably all in my head. I just went out there and, you know, I told him, give me a table to close. And I went and closed it. All right. Well, we'll we'll go back to the head of the list. You mentioned that you're a Jewish Mason. And I just and and you also mentioned about your tattoo. So Mm -hmm. I was just curious if you're familiar with Leviticus 1928. (laughs) (laughs) If your rabbi is familiar. Well, I don't believe I'm marking my body as they mark the dead, so I think okay. I'm all right. Also, I'm not oh, a good Jew. I, <laughs> I don't keep kosher. I don't keep the Sabbath. I'm not Shomer Nagia, so I'm, I don't, you know, Shomer Nagia is uh, sanctity of touch. Okay. So you don't touch a, a, a female that's not your wife. I, hey I was raised hey in oh, oh, like, oh. don't even you don't even shake their hand. Like, you don't, nothing. The, the joke is that uh you know uh man and woman were meeting for a date and she tripped over her skirt and he asked somebody to help her up and she goes that's how i knew he was the guy because he wouldn't you know reach to to help me up but he asked somebody to do it for so him. yeah wow. we live out here in amish country and with the lady mm-hmm. that cuts my hair is in a town called Burdenhand, which is like amish central <laughs> and it's one of the funniest things you're sitting there in the summer and you're looking out the front window and there's like buggy rides and they have a whole wagon behind and there'll be an Amish driver and he's pulling one whole cartload of Hasidim from New York City <laughs> and then the set of men and then there's yeah. a cartload of women in the cart With behind the women, yeah. and I'm yeah. like pushing my hairdresser out of the way trying to get a photo just because I mean it just seems like the very orthodox of the three major religions all keep very similar dress codes. Yeah, you know, with, with funny how that works. Dark hats, dark hair. Yeah, 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 yeah and and beards. And I'm like, yeah. nobody's gonna believe this crap. No, yeah. <laughs> so like, and I I wear a yarmulke every day. I am very proud to be Jewish. I'm just not terribly observant. Um, you know, as I love telling people, if I went out and you know kicked puppies and sacrificed cat kittens to Satan, I wouldn't not be Jewish. I would just be a bad Jew. So, I don't know much about Colorado. Um, I'm not even sure it really exists, but... (laughs) I feel a similar way about Pennsylvania, so all right. But um, is there a big Jewish community in Colorado? In Denver, there's a very large Jewish community. Uh, Colorado Springs, on the other hand, is the center for evangelical Christianity on the planet. (laughs) It it has focus on the family. It has, like, there's a lot of... Oh, yes, it does. Very charismatic... I mean, I'd say ultra-Orthodox Christians here, but they're not Orthodox. They're charismatic and <laughs> evangelical, and that has made for some really weird, weird, weird 
uh, conversations I've had with people. So, what, but if I go to Denver, I'll I'll go to the Colel and I'll say the midday prayer, and it's nice to be. You know, I'm standing there in like a seersucker suit and a uh, and whatever hat I happen to have in my car, and with a bunch of black hat guys. So I really stand out. But it's nice to be with other Jews. So, how does this play out in your lodge? Are there a lot of Jewish? folks in your lodge or are you the only one i'm pretty sure i'm the only one they say there's another one i haven't met him okay (laughs) um so you should come to the the place that i just talked about going to um amicable st john's in cockiesville maryland is they're probably 80 percent jewish so there's there there is that in Mm -hmm. the fraternity it used to be one in here oh yeah well i mean there's a there's a facebook group called the masonic keeper that is just for jewish masons and it's reasonably well attended so do you find that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of crossover, and I know we talk about how that in Freemasonry, it's the belief in a supreme being that we all mm-hmm. coalesce around. Mm-hmm. But my experience is, at least most of my observation has been it's very Christian slanted, Christianity slanted. Um, we have to remind that, folks, yeah. especially when they're praying and so on, that you know there are certain bodies that you – call out to certain folks, but everything else is to the great architect of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that same thing there? I've, I've found, well, a bit. Um, California was much more egalitarian. We, I mean, I my uh, California cipher is signed in Hebrew by one of the other Jewish brothers in my lodge when I was raised. So we had five or six Jewish brothers at my lodge. Um, Colorado, I mean, we're in Colorado Springs. I don't expect there to be a whole bunch of Jews walking around. I want to go to Denver to some of those lodges to see if I can find, like, Jews there. But, you know, and I mean, when I first went to this lodge to visit in Manitou, you know, 10 years ago, they, you know, a guy grabbed me and pulled me into the altar. And he's like, see, see, they had like the tiniest little Safer Torah. It was was this big. (laughs) We still have it. It was right there. And they're like, see, see, we're cool. I'm like, all right, we're cool. All right, whatever. But it stays on our altar, and like they move it a little bit when they set the Bible. And I always thought that was nice. When I was raised, because uh, in California, there's no specific page that the Bible has to be open to at each degree. So my top line signer said, hey, uh, I'll make sure that it's always open to the Old Testament when you're doing your degrees. I'm like, oh, well, that's very kind. I didn't, you know, I, I don't try to walk into a group and like make them change the rules because I'm there. But you know, when I joined, I was told, you know, 1978, that's the date that every Jewish Mason in, Col- in California knows, because that's when they started accepting Jews. And I went to my grandmother and said, hey, I, I became a Mason. She looked at me and goes, they took you? And I was like, well, thanks, Grandma. She goes, no, you don't understand. They don't, they don't take Jews. And I'm like, oh, well, since 1978, Come they on, do. Grandma. It's not the country oh, club. Well, Come on. <laughs> so I'm going to a lodge this Saturday, which is our TO lodge here, Enlightenment 198, lovely lodge. And all of their dinners after the education is at a country club. And I love making that same stupid joke every time where I'll walk in with their secretary, who's a really cool black guy, and we'll walk in together and be like, if they're kicking us out, they're kicking us both out. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't find any good Jewish food in in Colorado Springs. I mean, my wife's a wonderful cook. I'm very, very fortunate. That is oh, the correct answer. Yes, that. sir. Yes, sir. And well my w- my wife is a Protestant seminary student. I would <laughs> love it. Uh, so we're different. You know, she's a you beautiful redheaded Protestant seminary student, and I'm a fat Jewish guy. Uh, that's actually how I got my job selling cars. 
or my second job selling cars, I went to the the general manager and he asked me, you know, what did you make last year? I was like, 25 grand. He goes, how do I know you're any good? And I pulled out a picture of my wife and I said, that's my wife. She's beautiful. She's, you know, seminary student. I'm a fat Jewish guy. I've obviously closed one deal. And he goes, well, shit, you're hired. <laughs> and the next month, I was the number one salesman at the dealership. So for the next eight months until he got fired, not for this, for other stuff, he would ask salesmen who were, uh, you know, interviewing for a job for a picture of their wife. He's like, what does your wife look like? Nah, she's ugly. Get out. <laughs> so, uh, all right, we've covered cars. So what about uh, the Navy and commercial sailors? Wait a minute. While we're oh. still on the Jewish... <laughs> topic <laughs> oh okay. why don't we talk why don't we talk about this order of the judas maccabees oh, okay, that yeah. you're, okay. That you're so many many years ago i believe it was 1921 there was a jewish brother in york right who was didn't want to become a templar for obvious reasons and was creating a three degree system called the order of Ju- judas maccabees and he had the sign off from all the important people in york right and he unfortunately tragically died before he finished the third degree hmm. His ritual has been lost, but the, you know, okay from York Wright is still available. So uh, a dear friend of mine, another Jewish guy in uh, Colorado Springs, and I have been trying to put together a Jewish, uh, thir- you know, a Jewish body for York Wright. The first thing we're doing is changing the name because Judas Maccabeus, like, do you want to be a Templar or the Order of Judas? Ah, no. So it's going to be Judah Maccabee because that was his name. And we're going to theme it around the Maccabean revolts and defending the Jewish faith against those who would attack us. Uh, In the allegory that we're going to use, it would be the uh, Seleucid Greeks. And to try and have a a Jewish body. So if guys wanted to not become Templars. You didn't want to go after the Romans? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's the story of hanukkah which uh, it was okay. the seleucid greeks sorry so my catholics <laughs> it's get, a thing that happens that's a thing, so, right yeah come on let us catholics have a, a break <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're uh, my friend is uh writing the majority of the ritual because he's a very accomplished ritualist and i am a schlub who can kind of remember two lines if i try really hard so but we're we're putting it together and and i have been told my entire masonic career that you know this is jewish themed this is jewish themed you know the first two bodies york right are very jewish themed and so i've sat back and said let's not make it jewish themed let's make it jewish like you have to wash your hands and part of the ritual like let's say the prayer for washing your hands we have one jews have a prayer for everything Mm -hmm. and so i was like let's use the actual prayers and tell people that if they're going to join you don't have to be Jewish if you know if you want to join, but you're going to be saying Jewish prayers. You're going to be you know saying to, that you're going to protect the Jewish faith, and if you can't do that, go be a Templar, go to something else. So I mean that's the idea we have now, and you know who who the hell knows how it's going to work out. But it would you know I have been told that York Rite is really cool, and I don't want to do two thirds of something. And if you guys tell me that they're each individual bodies and everything's cool, I've, I've heard it. I don't want to go, you know, two thirds of the way and not go to the end. So we're making a body that can be the end for guys like me. Well, that's awesome. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish up with uh, your your sailing career, and uh, <laughs> and then we've got an important news article from Walter. Breaking news. Yeah, some breaking mm-hmm. news. Breaking um, news from the United Kingdom. And uh, yeah, we'll be, so we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back. <laughs> we are back with uh, Zach Smith, uh, who is from Colorado. <laughs> and Pete provided that little musical a interlude segue. for us there, a little segue. Uh, kind of a teaser for where we're headed next. Uh, Zach, I understand you have a background in sailing. Why don't you talk uh, to us yeah, about that? Yeah, in, in uh, sailing of sorts. Now, just to clarify, I'm from California. I live in Colorado. People both from California and Colorado would be upset if I said I lived here or I'm from here. Uh, no, I was a commercial sailor and a Navy sailor. I, when I was waiting to leave for the Navy, I started working on, uh, fishing boats, like not commercial fishing. Like if you ever go deep sea fishing, I was the deckhand and, uh, but not like it the was the worst catch or anything like that. Say again, not like the deadliest catch. Like a no, day, like no, no, a day no. Boat. I was like, if you, pay money to go fishing boat. in the ocean yeah. i worked on those boats oh, okay uh i was deckhand and then i later in the season became galley master which was a better job but deckhand was the worst job i've ever had in my life period uh it's 20 hour shifts and uh you're on the boat for like four or five days of, at a time and you get paid 75 dollars a day plus tips and they work you absolutely to death it was so awful but I need. I wanted a job that I could walk away from at any moment because I was waiting to leave for boot camp. And they said, okay, you're going to leave in seven months or we can call you and you have to leave in 24 hours. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I, a uh, buddy of mine was a deckhand and he told me it was awesome and he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like you get four hours of sleep a night and you get $75 a day plus tips. Oof. And I mean, tips were like a hundred to $200 a day, but it's still a 20 hour shift and they're working you to, I mean, yeah. they work you to the bone, but what if you, <laughs> we fish for albacore mainly the view doesn't change. And, uh, <laughs> no, it's all water. Mm. And we did overnight. So we would load our customers at like eight at night, motor all night, get up at four in the morning and fish until about two or three or one or two. And then we would motor back to drop them off and get a new group of customers. Hi, home and away you go. So it was. What did the customers do from eight till four? Drink, drink and sleep. Fish. Oh, you had you you have cots for them and you have beds for them. Well, it's a it's a reasonably large boat. There was there were racks for them to sleep in, because uh, it's an overnight boat. That's the that's the trick. 
And as a deckhand, you get the worst possible rack. I remember mine was so narrow that I had to put my shoulders into the hallway to turn over. Mm. So you're in, you know, a three-sided coffin. It was so bad. Not for me, man. But, yeah. No, thank yeah. you very much. <clears throat> so yeah, and I had a you know 13 inch long ponytail, looked like a jackass. So yeah, it's when I had hair. So the navy was a step up. Well, and that was the the funniest thing was I went to you know finally went to boot camp, and they said you know we guarantee you eight hours of sleep. We do not guarantee they'll be together. I'm like you said eight, right? I'm in. This is great. <laughs> this kicks ass. I'm I'm happy. So. Yeah, boot camp was at least the sleeping schedule was easier. Uh, they made me run a little more than I prefer. But you were in a, in a nuclear, so you had to um, yeah actually have a brain on you. Uh, that's what they say. I don't know. Um, I was a nuclear power operator, a machinist mate, technically, or specifically because there are three nuclear rates. And so I went from Great Great Mistakes, Illinois, to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and I learned how to take apart you know <laughs> to run a steam plant attached to a nuclear reactor mm. which was a lot of taking apart valves and pumps cleaning them and putting them back together while doing calculus oh that's better than like a boats boatswain's weight or how do you say a boat oh uh, boatswain's mate bosun mate, yeah. mates who just paints, yeah, those guys are serious they um, paint things great for four years bosun chiefs run the navy okay but uh yeah i unfortunately was in the modern navy as they they call it so one day during school, I asked a girl on a date in like in public. I mean, I didn't like propose to her. I just say, hey, we want to go get drinks sometime. And I was not pretty enough. So she reported me for sexual harassment. And uh, then I got out of the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a meme for that that I'll send you. That's very yeah. unfortunate. If I was prettier, I might you know, be a, be a senior chief somewhere. But no, but I, I really... Like the Navy squared me away a lot. I was a huge screw up before that. So I, I took away a lot and it allowed me to work my ass off and, you know, give me a good work ethic and good values. You mentioned so. on one of the subsequent emails, duck hunting, going to California for yes. duck hunting. Yes, I hunt ducks. Uh, my family has been a member of a duck club in the Bay Area since the 20s. That was my great grandfather started there and he was the potentate of the Ami Shrine in Oakland. So when my I've been going there with my dad since I was 12, when he passed away two years ago, my brother, thankfully, uh, maintained the membership. So I get to go and, and hunt ducks at a beautiful club in a, you know, it's all levied in 1500 acres uh, with restaurant quality meals. And it's it oh, will wow. ruin you on duck hunting for the rest of your life because nothing will ever be that nice. And what kind of ducks um, do you hate the most? Hate the most? What kind of ducks do you the hunt? The ones what that when duck? you shoot them, they fly for a while and then die. <laughs> the ones that limp. It's a long walk, man. Limping ducks. I hate that. Yeah. All well, right. they're delicious. <laughs> I was just going to do like a Norm McDonald. So, it snows in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, I'm I'm not a fan of that. I'm still a California boy, so I joke with my wife that when the cold white stuff comes out of the sky, you're out of the presence of God mm. because it didn't snow in the Bible. So, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't think it's funny. Of. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, we're gonna we're gonna um, we have some breaking news coming up from our uh, from our correspondent Walter, brother Walter. In 
Masonic News Today. In an overt act of charity, Masonic Light Podcast has announced that they have reached out to the son of Her Deceased Majesty Elizabeth II, offered financial support totaling nearly $500 as financial support in this most trying time. Sources at Buckingham Palace have replied that while the sentiment is appreciated, the amount is wholly inadequate. That's the Masonic News. So much it was. All we're trying to do is support Masonic widows and orphans. That's and right. Nobody we're just trying to help. Can't just, give away you know, the money. just, oh well. It's kind of like that uh, degree during COVID. We couldn't give the money away. <laughs> that's true that's true that was sad but true but anyway a lot of changes in uh in the uk right now um i hope that this charles is more successful than the last two i'm hoping that next time yeah. i go to uh the royal order of scotland ah. that maybe charles will show up because we leave a seat there for the the monarch Unfortunately, it needs to be a male monarch. <laughs> so it's been a while since they've been to a meeting. Yeah. So, but the seat, but there's a seat. <laughs> that could happen. There's a seat there and a scepter. Now, the scepter hmm. may not carry real jewels, but it's there. Um, they just got to be very scared of the 75 year old man holding the claymore, the big Scottish claymore sword that he might not fall on His <laughs> Majesty. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that. Uh, Freemasons will recognize is in our charges, which are public, so we can talk about those. Well, you know, we talk about how ancient Freemasonry is, and pay close attention during all of this pomp and circumstance going on, because you may actually get to see. Yeah, you'll see the golden fleece, the golden the, fleece, the star and, and the, the star, yeah, and, and the garter. Yep, um, they'll all be parading. They'll all be parading around, and you'll get to see it. What about the threshing boards of Jefferson? <laughs> <laughs> now there's a temple over top of it. Oh, that's not there. They're anymore. praying yeah. there on the side. You yeah, know. there's something happening there. Yeah. All righty. Well, <laughs> brothers, I'm okay. I'm having a coughing fit. So. Easy for you to say, brother Zach. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was a extremely fun show, and you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. I've Happy to come back anytime you'll have me. This so is what, is, what is your next step? I'm sorry to like drag this out, but what is your next step on the Judah Maccabeus thing? What, Jack, Jack we, needs another deuce card. I, I, yeah, no, I don't really need another deuce card, but I'm curious, and I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. And I, I, I mean, if we can support it here on the show just by spreading the word, um, is, is there, are there people who are beginning to gather? Top or or is, it, is it preliminary to that? It is still quite preliminary. Um, our first thing is to finalize the ritual as mm -hmm. written, okay. and then we're going to uh, run it by the current Grandmaster of uh, Colorado, because he's local and is willing to listen to it. And if he says that it's something that he would allow in the state, then we might talk to the uh, powers that be at Yorkrite. Now, once again, I'm not a Yorkrite Mason, so they won't listen to me, but the, uh, the friend of mine who's doing it is a Yorkrite Mason and Templar, so we would talk to york right and see if they want it as a as, as a, side a fourth degree. body yeah there's there's yeah. there's a lot of side degrees after you've received your your royal arch degree there there's a whole catalog that opens up oh so yeah, amd it degrees. would be perfect for amd if you um, couldn't get in the york right whether yeah amd probably wouldn't accept it just because it's kind of a closed fixed thing at this point 
Um, and well, maybe they would. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, you know, you know who would love this idea? Yeah. Workshop is our buddy Seth. Um, yeah, perhaps mm-hmm. he's more about like old dead bodies than like well, creating new bodies. Okay. Well, there's a well, lot of dead bodies with the like, Maccabees. I mean. uh, ooh, are, are, are careful. <laughs> well, I mean, we were all we were trying to find right. the original ritual. Yeah. If it's laid in the archives anywhere, if anybody can get a hold of it, we sure would like to read it. So is this because a, we're just making it up? Is is this something that did exist and there were members at some point? Or is this something that was being created and stopped? To my understanding, based on a Reddit post, there were three or four chapters that were started, and they did the first two degrees, but the third degree hadn't been written yet. Okay. You know who might have that? So, Hashtag Seth Anthony. Well, uh, uh, the DeMullen Museum, the keeper of all things maybe. former maybe. degree-related. Worth a look. Yeah. Definitely. And to my understanding, my friend did send a letter to them, and, and they didn't have anything but okay. i mean if anybody out in the in the world uh can find it can get a hold of it we sure would love to read it heather calloway perhaps yeah her... oh the museum what's the museum that uh seth and heather yeah that's what yeah mm-hmm. um it's that me yeah that thing that they're uh, doing masonic that Masonic heroin anima. Yeah. Sorry, 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 Seth. We know you do good work, but we forget the name yeah. of the thing of you're on the board books. of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help us, Josh. What do you have coming up in the next couple months, weeks? Uh, weeks. Mixing the podcast. That a boy. Uh, beyond that, I don't really know. All right, uh, Zach. What do you have coming up masonically? Uh, Masonically, tomorrow, our lodge has received special dispensation to open lodge at uh, York Wright so we can listen to their their education, and that'll be really exciting. I'll, you know, get to feel weird because... I'm a Jewish guy going to York, right? But hey, I'm I'm happy to listen to any education. Well, the first two bodies are totally yeah. Temple, I've heard temple it. I mean, the, the <laughs> third body when you got guys with crosses on and swords, maybe that's a little more threatening. <laughs> I mean, and and I fight in armor with swords as a hobby, so I my instinctually would just pull a sword out and fight them, and then it's a bunch <laughs> of old guys, little belt hangers, so right. it wouldn't go well. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Alkali Shrine meeting, and um, I am becoming more involved in Scottish Rite in the Valley of uh, Colorado Springs at Pueblo. I've been talking to uh, some of the guys to maybe get a job there. So. Oh, you're all nice. over the street. All right. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Timmy. Timmy. Well, the next thing on my list will be. He's been writing this. He's been writing this through the whole show. No, he's been, no, I've, I've been it. watching him making notes. He's I've got this lots of notes. Down. I've got notes over here. I've got notes over there. Um, Eureka West Shore Lodge banquet. Uh, we're going to be celebrating our 167th anniversary. I'll be attending the first Capital York Wright College. Uh, <laughs> Harrisburg Council Number Seven. Uh, have a meeting coming up next week in that. The District 3 Lowvale on the 21st. Um, and then I'll leave you to fill in this blank, but I'll be attending the Indian degree on the 24th. Cool. Um, and then Lucius Akaratost AMD Council and Ubar Grotto coming up before we record next. Nice. A busy schedule. Me? Okay. For me, um, I had uh, coming up, Tomorrow, as I said earlier, 
I'm speaking, um, doing my Holy Saints John talk at Teutonia Lodge in Reading. Um, that's the German-speaking lodge in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. And then uh, I will not be doing the talk in German, just in case anybody's curious. But by the time you hear this, it will have already happened, so it's moot. Um, and then on October the 24th, uh, that's a Saturday here in Lancaster County, PA. Um, we're having a, um, a degree at Indian Echo Caverns. And we've invited the Oklahoma Indian degree team to come to our place. We're putting up a huge tent, big tabernacle kind of thing. Um, we have sold to date 375 tickets, and we have more still available. Um, I think 450 is the cutoff, and we're hoping to get there. Um, and um, there's, you've seen it, Pete. You, I saw the yeah. degree in Delaware, and they're amazing. Um, they're great guys, and there's a couple times where they have a pretty funny sense of humor. There's a, a couple times in the degree where they kind of make a joke about getting back at the white man, and it's kind of funny, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's really appropriate. And so they should. Um, but that's coming up on Saturday the 24th, so if you're listening to this uh, three or four years from now, it really won't matter. But that's what we've got going on. What about um, you, Pete? I have some uh, breaking news. Um, so on October 3rd, I will be um, taking a part-time job helping out at the Valley of Reading as the Assistant Secretary of the Valley. And um, At the Valley of Reading? The Valley of Reading, yeah. So wow. um, besides, you know, part-time and paying a little bit more than my part-time job does at 911, and obviously better hours and probably fewer deaths, um, I wouldn't be so sure oh, about yeah, that. That's, that's an over-under kind of question yeah. right there. <laughs> but it finally gives me a very valid excuse, a very valid excuse to surrender all of my other leadership positions in Freemasonry. Ah, huzzah. Because, um, you know, like, as, as the assistant secretary, they really want me to attend. I mean, obviously, the secretary has the most responsibility. Mm -hmm. But if they're not available, they want me to attend county club meetings. Um, I mean, it could be six nights a month of just doing Scottish Rite stuff. Mm -hmm. And if I have a conflict, especially since they're paying me, um, my take. expectation is if there's a conflict, Scottish Rite's going to win. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be resigning at least at the end of the year all of my uh, other appointed positions and just don't schedule anything on the second and fourth Wednesdays. I will not. <laughs> All righty. I do have a public, not really a public service announcement, but you talked about Scottish rights. So uh, <laughs> the Big Valley of Harrisburg uh, on October the 16th is having a walkathon to support the Children's Dyslexia Center there. Uh, and we are also uh, having two raffles that are going on that if, as listeners, you're interested in participating, you can contact the podcast and we'll get you this. Uh, we're going to be raffling off a second Dudley number 2 pocket watch uh, to support, I uh, believe that's going toward the library. Yes, the library at the Valley of Harrisburg. Um, and then there are um, – there's a gun raffle that's going um, – uh, that they're having, and I did check, and um, 
there's a way in which the person who is supplying the the guns will can transfer those to a state outside of Pennsylvania. So uh, if you're interested in, well, I'll put a, a, a flyer up on our you, on our uh, Facebook page. Does anybody believe raffle tickets actually get turned in? Yes, these do. Okay, I, that's one of my Masonic uh, conspiracy, theories. conspiracy theories. Is that I've been buying raffle tickets for thirty years. Never won anything, huh? I've won some Tall Cedars chapter, like a fifteen dollar check on some lotto. All right, daily number thing. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's coming up. So. All righty, Jack, take us out of here. Uh, I guess I'll... What? Oh, where's Larry? Ah, yeah, where's Larry? I'd like to thank everybody <laughs> for coming in. <laughs> Special thanks to our chicken. guest, Michelle Steiner. Cue the chickens. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we go, seriously, before we go, I have to ask, because this has been running around my head all this time. So, Zach, you got in touch with us because we said, please get in touch with us. Why yeah. did you listen to the show in the first place? How did you find us? I found it on Apple Podcasts. Just searching for Masonic Podcasts? Yeah, just Masonic stuff. And, you know, if you listen to this, you might like. And I listen to four or five Masonic Podcasts because oh. I take my dogs for a walk. And it's nice to listen to Masonic stuff and feel cool. connected to the He was in Bulgaria and he was searching for top comedy podcasts. That's right. <laughs> And somehow we showed up. That's right. We we rate highly in the Ukraine right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So now let's go home. All right. Where's our chickens? Cue the chickens. Cue the chickens. All right. On behalf of Larry Maris, who's who's having his mouth reconstructed so we don't have to listen to him. uh, Special thanks to Effort Lodge number six hundred sixty-five for allowing us to store our underutilized equipment in their basement. And um, thanks for providing us some black mold. We appreciate that. The black mold from the overflow uh, sewage system. That's a good thing. And um, Our special contributors. Thanks to all of our Patreons. Yes. Our, our patrons on Patreon. Um, please, uh, you know, feel free to... Send us money. ...contribute to this <laughs> mess. And... Uh, uh, I don't know. What else does he talk about? He tells Michelle Snyder. Snyder. Dutchy Doug. Dutchy Doug. Adam Schifrin. Terrible joke. And terrible joke. Yeah. And pun and pun and pun and... Car talk. Car talk. You're going to tell us a story at the end? No, I, I, I was finished. Okay. I said and, and scene. And scene. All right. And scene. So. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.